Jake, as an astrophysicist, I'm sure you've spent a fair bit of time looking up the stars, right? Yes, that's right, Tarun. I mean, that's my job. I'm an astrophysicist. I look up into the sky. What are you on about, man? Well, I enjoy staring up into the night sky, and I've often wondered what the stars are made of. See, I was once told by someone very wise that the great kings of the past looked down on us from those stars. What on earth is that? No, that's not right, Tarun. No? No, man. Stars are balls of gas burning billions of miles away. Oh, I've been living under an illusion. way to see out into the universe and shatter illusions like yours, Tarun, is by looking at galaxies and stars using telescopes. Uh-huh. Now, Jake, we've briefly touched on the benefits of blue skies research, and in the last episode, we saw that researchers looking at diversity found a bacteria, and that bacteria contained an enzyme, a biological molecule, which is now used in laboratories every day all over the world in forensic science and disease testing. And the last episode was all about your specialty, biology, and now this time it's for me, my astrophysics muscle to pump. And I want to ask you, Tyrone, have you ever misplaced your keys or wallet or maybe even your brain? I sure have, and I'm sure a lot of our listeners have too. Exactly. I mean, I've done it a few times myself. So while you're searching around, have you ever given up hope? Have you ever given up, lost the plot completely? Search back and find what you're, what you're after in the same location you were frustrated in in the first place. I have. It's the worst. It is the worst. It's dreadful. And even though you're looking in the right spot, if your attention and awareness are not on point, then you still won't see what you're looking for. So if you're traveling along and you see an obstacle, you move out of the way, right, Tyrone? Yeah, that's right. But you need to be able to see the obstacle first, right? Yeah, And science is all about discovery, and humans are very visual creatures. A lot of our brain power is devoted to the perception of light. And generally speaking, if we see something, like you said, then we can make choices to avoid it. But if you can't see it... In this episode, the blue sky research we are looking at is one of my favourites, Tyrone, the Hubble Space Telescope. The Hubble Space Telescope is a telescope that was launched into space in 1990. And so in 1990, the Hubble Space Telescope, which is abbreviated to the HST, it was launched and any guesses as to how big it is, Tyrone? How long do you reckon the Hubble Space Telescope is? Is it as long as, like, a car? A car? No. It is as long as three to four cars. So it's about 13 and a half metres long and it weighs... 11,000 kilograms. Not only that, Tyrone, but the actual materials, the raw materials, not the cost of manpower and labor and everything else that went into it, the actual raw materials cost $2.5 billion. That's a lot of wheat bigs. And so in the Hubble Space Telescope, there are six cameras and sensors that pick up different light. And so that light is color that we see, the red, the blue, the green, the yellow, and also different light that 
we as humans can't see. So infrared and ultraviolet, these different light gives us astronomers and astrophysicists a better understanding of the universe. And so it provides a clear, deep and stunning images of the universe. I'm pretty sure every single Google search that you've typed in saying awesome space picture has come from this Hubble Space Telescope. That sounds cool and I've definitely seen some of the amazing pictures of space. But Jake, is there a use for this technology closer to home? You bet there is. It's actually used in the detection of breast cancer. Everyone has been affected by cancer, whether it's primary or secondary, whether your parents or grandparents or someone that you love and care about has had it. So the technology that's used in the Hubble Space Telescope is now used to detect breast cancer. Wow, the detection of breast cancer. So I suppose if we see something, then we can make choices to avoid it. And the detection of cancer is a big step in fighting it. Yeah, that's right. And so the technology that went into the Hubble Space Telescope, this thing is orbiting around Earth at about 550 kilometers above the ground. The same technology that's used in the telescope has led to the development of imaging process that is used in everyday detection of breast cancer. The research going on with the Hubble Space Telescope, how did that help patients down here on Earth? So there are several technologies used on the Hubble Space Telescope which align with the detection of breast cancer because there are common requirements for astronomers and mammographers. Now, mammographers are people that study and help detect breast cancer. And so we both want to do two things. We want to take pictures of incredible resolution. I want to take a picture of a galaxy far away from us and I want to look at all the different elements of it. I want to look at that little dull star in the corner there and I'll look at this big bright star over here. Same as a mammographer. They want to look at the finer details of a tissue. They also want to look at, because uh, the stars vary in brightness, they're the big bright stars and there's little dull stars and the same as mammographers when they get the pictures of breasts, there's tissue that take up, that uh, absorb a lot of light, and there's a lot of tissue that reflect a lot of light. So you want to try and find that, those finer details. Okay, so if we need to get an image, we've got to take a photo? Yeah, man, so we've got to take a photo. Now, wind, wind history clock back to 1990. Now, you didn't have your phone. Most mobile phones were the size of a brick. And to take a picture wasn't as simple as pointing your phone at you and taking a, taking a selfie. No, most pictures were, taking, were taken on film. Now, could you imagine having all these film canisters up in the Hubble Space Telescope and having rockets come up and down and up and down to pick up the film and develop it? That would take a lot of organisation and a lot of money. Exactly right. And so to get around that problem, in the mid-90s, scientists and engineers developed what's called a charged couple device which is also known as a CCD. This is Rayleigh Podcast, shining light on the benefits of blue sky research. You can find us on Facebook, Rayleigh Podcast, R-A-Y-L-E-E. You can also find us on SoundCloud and iTunes. A CCD? What's that? So a CCD is essentially a silicon chip. So it's a silicon chip that converts light into an electronic or digital signal. And then that signal can be then translated into a beautiful image, which, you know, you get on your computer, for example. Mm-hmm. So these CCDs, are they, are they any better than film? 
They sure are. Now, if we compare the comparisons between CCD and film, I'm going to give you a little example. So you're a little amateur astronomer looking out into the night sky, and he wants to take a really cool image of a star. Uh, like I said before, with astronomers, we like to take pictures in several different colors over different time scales because you want to take in as much light as you can to get a really good picture. And so this is called an exposure time. Now, for uh, old traditional film, this might take an hour, an hour to get a really nice image. However, for the CCD chip, guess how long that takes now? Uh, what, like 20 minutes or something? Less than that. A whole minute. So the efficiency has now increased about 60 times, which is incredible. And you're all about efficiency, aren't you, Tyrone? That's right. I do love efficiency. <laughs> We've got these UBU digital images, Jay. Yes, that's correct. How did the tech from Hubble start to be used in the analysis of breast tissue? The use came about when scientists and technologists and medical professionals noticed the similarities between certain medical images of interest and the astronomical images taken from the Hubble Space Telescope. So like I was saying before, you know, we want to take pictures really detailed, high resolution and of different brightnesses and the same as medical professionals and mammographers. CCD, as a part of a digital camera system, it sees the breast structure using x-rays. Before CCD came along, mammographers and medical practitioners used film. Now, if you introduce CCD, you can take x-rays of breasts a lot quicker. And that's great for your patient because you're exposing them to a lot less radiation and that's a win-win right there. Isn't that right, Tyrone? That's right. Sounds like a win. So these digitalized mammograms, which are basically x-rays of breast tissue, these techniques can help identify what's called microcalcifications. So these uh, microcalcifications, they are early stages of breast cancer. So identifying these microcalcifications, that's similar to finding a faint star in a blurry telescope image. It's more or less trying to find a really dull star in a really bright sky. Telescopes aren't always pointed outwards into space, are they, Jake? Sometimes they are, Tyrone, and especially in most cases, if they're stuck to the ground, they're obviously pointing up. But in the case of the Hubble Space Telescope, when it's orbiting around in the sky, Earth scientists and geologists can actually point it down to the ground, and they can determine all sorts of cool things about the Earth. For example, you can determine the depths of lakes, you can determine all sorts of different foliage on the ground, or some pretty cool stuff. Mm. So things like lakes, there was software that was written to determine the depths of the lakes here on Earth. So they're seeing how deep different water bodies here on Earth are? Yes, that's right. Hmm, and we know that x-rays are used in mammograms, so we've got this software. Bring the relevance back to us humans a bit more for me. Okay, so when a medical professional looks at a mammogram, they're looking for differences. They're looking for different intensities of density of breast tissue. However, it is the human eye which is doing the detecting. So it's the doctors which are determining whether this is tissue or whether this is cancerous. Breast tissue, it's got two main types. There's fatty tissue and there's dense tissue. But tumours are dense. And in mammograms, dense tissue shows up white, which is the same colour as tumours. So it's the presence of dense tissue which leads to even more difficulty in breast cancer detection. The human eye doesn't always see what a computer can see. Ah, and this is where the lake density software comes in, right? 
That's exactly right. So instead of the doctors umming and ahhing, this lake density software comes in. Doctors are now more sure and certain that this tissue right here is either cancerous or not. For example, at the time, these mammograms, they were missing up to 20%, 20% of the breast cancers. This is because cancerous tissue looks like very dense breast tissue. With this new technology come in, there was more definitive answer of to what this dense tissue was and whether it's just dense tissue or whether it's something cancerous. The resulting technologies image breast tissue more clearly and more efficiently than conventional x-ray film technology. Ah, so it's easier for a doctor to diagnose a woman with dense breast tissue. Exactly right. Because they look so similar. So we've got our imaging software and we've got the CCDs. Additionally, digital images can be computer enhanced to sharpen details. And all up we get reduced time, reduced cost and reduced exposure to radiation. Sounds like a multi-win. It's definitely a win-win. And this software was developed for large-scale earth science research and it's now being used on such a small scale. This software combined with the CCD technique to find faint stars used on the Hubble Space Telescope has now more accurately detected breast cancer within half of our population, which is fantastic news. It's a definite benefit for this blue sky research. And that's all the time that we have for, for this podcast. My name is Jake. I'm Tyrone. We will catch you next time. It was a young warthog! He was a young Our intro, interlude, and outro is by Alex Barosa, and the title is Spinning. 